I, I do have some things on my heart, and it was, it's one of those things that, you know, when the Lord, you ask the Lord, like, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? And, 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 and trust me, I asked the Lord, like, all week. I'm all week, I'm asking God, like, Lord, what is it? And, like, oh, man. You know, so, but, he, yeah, like at 4 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, he starts talking about it, right? So this morning, we're going to talk about kingdom citizens. Take your position. Ah, come on. Kingdom citizens, it's time to take your position. And I do have several different uh, uh, verses that we're going to be out of. But uh, um, there's one in particular we're, gonna, we're just going to make reference to. It's Matthew 10, 8. I'm sorry, 10, 8, 28. When we have that scripture where it says that, why have you come to torment us? You see Jesus is walking on the scene. And, and I, I like to illustrate this one a lot because I just, I visualize it. Jesus is walking, you know, right? I mean, and you got to imagine the way that might have looked back in the day. Uh, <laughs> you know, they might have had some air, air sandals, right? <laughs> you know, and he had some Jesus, you know, you know what I'm saying? And, but they were walking and they were just being who they were but they were carriers of the glory. So Jesus was the carrier of the kingdom of heaven, that everywhere he stepped, there was dominion in the kingdom manifested. So we see in that scripture where it says, that why have you come to torment us? The demons begin to, to, begin to manifest because the authority and the power that, that Jesus carried. Because he, he was the kingdom manifested. And the beauty in that is that every one of us are carriers of the same authority. Carriers of the glory and the power and the presence. So Jesus walked on earth and he demonstrated. Listen, he, he wasn't like, behold, the Christian is here. <laughs> Y'all can laugh. I mean, that is kind of funny. But like, behold, right? Oh, the Christian, the good Christian has arrived. Right. No, no. He was like, listen, the kingdom of God is here. And there was something about a boldness and a confidence that he had, and even in that statement. <laughs> so he never proclaimed to be a Christian, but he was the son of God, and he demonstrated the kingdom. So this morning, I felt like the Lord said, there's going to be people's hearts that are going to be healed. He said there will be marriages that will be restored, and there's going to be souls that will be awakened. Ah. Shaka bam. So I, I feel like that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, I was reminded um, of, a, of, a, of a dream slash encounter, whatever you're comfortable with, you know. But I'll just say it was an encounter that I had with the Lord. And this was back in 2011. And I, I wrote it here in my notes because I wanted to include that today. But I'm going to read what I, what I saw and then I'm going to give you an understanding of what it was that I saw. So in this, this dream, it was March 2nd of 2011. I saw a watermill that was turning very slowly. Yet it was producing power. I could tell that it was producing power because with each turn, the lights would flicker. It was almost as if I was, I was on, a, on, on a, a, a pier. And I could see like the runway of the lights, but I was like on a pier, and I could see this water mill turning, and everybody would go, and the lights would go, 
So there was power that was being produced. It was, it was fluctuating on and off, on and off. Then I saw another vision of the same water mill, but this time the waters around it began to stir up, and the waters began to become raging. It was like there was a stirring that began to happen, and it caused the water mill to begin to spin rapidly. It was like, you like my sound effects? Yeah. Something about sound effects, right, makes it more anointed. No, I'm just kidding. Come on. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it, it, was, it was producing power. And with each thrust, the power was so charged in this encounter that I could feel like the little hairs on my arms were... You know, you know I, I could feel it. They were standing up. And the light got so bright. And it was, it was like... And I could hear the static charge from the lights. You see, God wants to burn away the chains of false comforts in our life. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about this. And he said, this is where many believers are right now. He said, they are content where they have been. We are so familiar with our surroundings that as long as we can see enough to get by, we're okay. You see, that thing was like the water was still moving. Well, I go to church on Sundays and I give my tithes. And I'm doing my part, right? It was, it said, God, um, that the water was moving, that it was causing such a, a power that we were getting, that some of us have been in a place where we were just okay, that we, we, we were just getting along, you know, and that, that as long as we could just do what we were doing, we would be okay. Yeah. Familiarity would sit upon us and like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. You see, God wants to do something so much more. There is a power and authority that comes. When the water begins to rage, when the rivers begin to flow, there is a power. Listen, there is a power and authority that gets manifested. You and I are sons and daughters. Yeah, you may call yourself a Christian, but you are a kingdom citizen. And we're going to get into that. What does it look like to be a kingdom citizen? You are a kingdom citizen. Jesus. The windmill was producing more and more with every progressive motion and not looking back. We must move forward in faith. Now, this might offend a religious mind when I say this. We must move forward in faith knowing that daddy uh, has our back. You see, people have a problem with me saying daddy. But you know what? I have a son who, who's 26 years old, and he still calls me daddy. And there's something about us being with our fathers that no matter what, he's going to be my father, 
He's my dad. He's my daddy. He, it's about the intimacy, the relationship. So if you have a problem with me calling you daddy, so sorry. Uh-huh. There's been a weariness in the bride. And many have felt like giving up. That's a word that uh, Apostle Isles is sharing this morning. We felt like just giving up. We felt like giving up. We felt like just saying, nope, I'm done. You know, in boxing, there's something, they throw the towel, and it's funny because I was watching Rocky the other day, and, you know, they were like, throw the towel, throw the towel. And then Apollo Creed, you know, he dies. But there's something about throwing the towel. When you throw the towel, that means I'm done, it's over. And many of us have felt like throwing the towel in. But the Lord says, I want to encourage you this morning. And he wants you to know that he's in our corner. You know, I want to I share something because the Lord was reminding me something. And for our, for our, our house family, y'all heard some of these stories. But when we came to Ohio, we didn't know what to expect. We had no idea. We had, listen, when I say we didn't have a grid, we literally had no grid of what to expect here in Ohio. From, 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 you name it, from everything, from the weather patterns to everything, even the culture, the people, it was, it was like totally different for us. And in that moment of us, the Lord transitioning us, it came, from a, it came in a time that we had already planted a, a revival center. We, had, we already were doing our, our apostolic meetings in San Antonio, Texas. We had a facility that we were using. We were doing revival culture nights. Man, the city was responding. People were responding. It was a powerful time when God, what God was doing. And we had no reason, to. we felt like, to leave. We could have plowed and we could have built in the city. And if God would have blessed it, I know that. I know he would have blessed it. But the Lord said, I want you to go. And, and I remember because it was, you know, in that season, there was so many different things that were going on in our life that when we said yes to God, it was at the same time that I went to go see my dad. And y'all know the story that the same day that I go tell my dad, dad, we're going to Ohio is the same day he tells me, well, I'm diagnosed with stage four cancer. And I just, I mean, I like literally I broke. Like, like, God, how can, how can, when you know God's moving you, you know that you hear the Lord, and you know that you're, you're like, God, I know you're in this, but why are you sending me to Ohio, and my dad's dying? Like, you, they gave my dad so many weeks to live. Why would you do that? And I remember I, I sat there, and I was trying to be strong for my dad, and I began to weep. My dad and my dad was like, Dad. I have to trust that you're going to be okay. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm, I'm talking strong right now, but in that moment, it was really hard for me, really hard. You know, you, you, you're in a place where the person you love, the person you, you know, it, and uh, there's nothing like losing a parent. I just can't. Explain that. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a wound. It's a, it's a hurt that gets deep. And, and I remember having the conversation with my dad as a dad. I said, I have to trust the Lord. 
And he says, I know, he called, you know, he calls me mijo, he would call me pops. He goes, I know pops, I know mijo, uh, you, you got to go. And I'm having this, and I said, and I never understood that, that, that phrase when, when Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. Never really, I mean, I got it. I mean, I heard it. But it became real in that moment for me. Because I heard that in my my heart, and I heard it in my mind, in my, and I told my dad, Dad, I have to trust the Lord that you're going to be okay, that he's going to heal you. I have to. I said, Dad, because I'm about my father's business, and he's telling me I got to go, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to trust the Lord in this season. And it was a real hard time for me, but the Lord said, go. <clears throat> and that was one of the last conversations that I had with my dad. The last, our last conversations were, he would give me a thumbs up and, you okay, dad? And then he went to be with the Lord. But I was, I'm going to be honest, I was fearful Coming to Ohio, not because I was afraid of like bad things, but I was fearful of the unknown because like, God, why are you, what are you doing? And, and, and then when we came to Ohio, the circumstances that we were under was ridiculous. I mean, you, you have no idea the crazy things that we endured from living arrangements to, it doesn't, it, it just, it's wild. Could write a book about a movie about this stuff and be a bestseller. <laughs> stuff that you can't imagine. Oh gosh. I want to cry just thinking about it. Thank you, God, I'm not in that season no more. Lord Jesus. But it, but it prepares you. And it launches you. Uh, you can just laugh, right? We just gotta laugh. Jesus. But we have to learn how to trust the Lord because if we trust the Lord, we already know that he's already gone before us. Amen. So let, we're going we're gonna to read uh, out of Isaiah 41, and I'm going to be in verse 10 through 13. And I'm going to try to get to where I'm going. I, I got like a little buffet of stuff here. So we're going we're gonna to get there, though. But you're in the four-hour chairs. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm moving. Holy Ghost, Lord. So Isaiah 41, 10 to 13 says, So do not fear. And I, it was almost as this was the scripture the Lord gave me when we transitioned to Ohio. He says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your hand, your right hand, and says to you, do not fear, 
I will help you. You see, the enemy wants to get us outside of our purpose and our destiny. Every one of us in this room, listen, you have a purpose, you have a destiny, you are a son and a daughter of the Most High, and you have been called for such a time as this. And the truth is, is heaven is only waiting for us to align ourselves with it. Heaven has already spoken, it's already been declared over your life. Genesis 1 talks about, listen, from the very, very beginning, it says that they had a conversation. It said, let us make man, let us. They had a conversation about us. Make man in our image. But see, there's always a bigger picture in the kingdom. Things in the spirit don't look the same as the things in the natural. They don't. But we tend to think that way. We think that things that happen, we take it personal. And we don't understand that it's a spiritual battle. And we try to fight our natural, I mean, we try to fight spiritual battles with a natural mindset. And it won't work. You won't win. You won't, we won't win that way. It, because it doesn't make sense. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on our own understanding. Our own understanding, that means our own knowledge. Our own way of thinking. Our own patterns. It says, in all our ways, acknowledge him. That means always keep your eyes focused on him, and he will direct our paths. You see, the enemy will use fear to get us to pull us back, to run back to the things that are familiar. Why do people that are dealing with addictions, the first time things get hard, they have a tendency to go back? Because it, it's, a, it's a place of comfort. It's a place of familiarity. And because of that, the enemy will get us to retract backwards to grab onto that. It's a plan of the enemy. Because it makes us feel comfortable. But the truth is, the enemy wants to rob you of your destiny. He wants to rob us of our purpose and our call. What if a Billy Graham would have ran back? What if? Look at the souls and the harvest that this man reached. Look at a Reinhardt Bonnke. Millions upon millions of harvest souls. What if he said, no, it's getting too hard. I got to go back. Oh. The enemy wants us to relinquish our destiny and our purpose, not just because he wants us, but he wants the seed that's inside your belly. Because when you begin to proclaim and declare the good news of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, those are seeds that come out of your mouth. He wants to assassinate the generations to come. Every soul, every person that would be impacted through your words that you would speak, the enemy wants your generation. But the Lord says you are a kingdom citizen. 
He says, and it's time to take our place. May I feel the glory on that. <laughs> Jesus. It's time to position ourselves. How? By agreeing with what heaven has spoken. Man, we make it so hard. I'm not saying, well, I got to go to church four times a week. I got Listen, that, that's all great. But, you know, that, that's not going to get. No, I'm not. <clears throat> it's simply by agreeing. Okay, who am I? I'm a son. Who is God? He is love. What have I been given? Oh, an inheritance of heaven. What am I doing with it? Oh, I'm going to spend my inheritance. How? By raising the dead, healing the sick, casting out the devils. I'm going to begin to speak the kingdom of heaven. Here on earth to see heaven invade earth. That's why we're here. We're not here to do church. We are the church. We just get to assemble and we just get to gather. Why? Because we are the ecclesia. We are the government of heaven. This is a governing council right now. Come on, y'all don't hear me. Oh. Oh. We need to agree with what heaven has declared. Because heaven's understanding is heaven's revelation. And when we get heaven's revelation, then it becomes who we are. And we begin to walk as heaven would have us walk. Come on. Listen, <laughs> we say this often. There's even clothing that are made out of this. We got shirts, right? I'm out of this world. <laughs> N in, in O T W and right. We wear the bracelets. I'm out of this world, brother. Look. <laughs> I'm just saying, let, let, I mean. But we don't realize that the, the, the validity and the truth in that statement. John 17 says this. I have given them thy word, and the world have hated them, because they are not of this world. You are not of this world. You got to get this in your spirit. Don't let it be words that are just coming out of our mouths but you are not of this world. And even as, as I am not of this world, this is the Lord praying. He says, I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but that they should keep them from the evil. And I said, Lord, okay. So I had to read it. You know, I want to go. And I looked at it in the Passion. And I want to read to you how it says in the Passion. And I'm going to start with verse 9. It's like a love letter from Jesus, man. You know? And he says, So with deep love, ha <laughs> ha. So with deep love, I pray for my disciples. This is Jesus right here. I pray for my disciples. I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world, but for those who belong to you. Those that you have given me. 
For all who belong to me now belong to you. And all who belong to you now belong to me as well. And my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. Our surrendered lives is a reflection of the glory. That is a picture of the image being restored. What Adam lost in the garden, Jesus came to redeem. Verse 11 says, Holy Father, I am about to leave this world and to return to be with you, but my disciples will remain here. So I ask that by the power of your name, protect each one of them that you have given me and watch over them so that they will be united as one as we are one. Can y'all feel the love in that? Verse 12. While I was with these that you have given me, I have kept them safe by your name that you have given me. Not one of them is lost except for the one that was destined to be lost so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But now I am returning to you. So Father, I pray that you will experience, I pray that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you. Uh, Y'all hear that? The joyous delight with the Father. If we are not feeling or we're not experiencing the joyous delight of the Father, then we need to get back to that place of being with the Lord. It's just so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. I have given them your message. And that is why the unbelieving world hates them. It's not you. It's what you carry inside of you. You are a kingdom of heaven. You are a kingdom citizen from the kingdom of heaven. It's like, <laughs> I hate to say it, but like when countries are at war, you know, I was, I was asked to go and do something in Pakistan, but because I was doing stuff in India, they said, listen, if you go to Pakistan, you're not going to be able to come back to India. I said, well, why not? Well, because Pakistan finds out that something will happen. They won't even, they'll refuse you entry into the country because they're at war with, I said, that's crazy. They won't even let me in because of my passport situation. If I even visit a foreign land, you're not of this world. So you carry the kingdom of heaven. That's why those that are not believing, they have a hard time receiving you. Because you don't look like them. You carry something different. For their allegiance is no longer to this world. Because I am not, this is where, check it out. It is, I am not of this world. And I am not asking you to remove them from this world, but I am asking you to guard their hearts from evil. For they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Your word is truth. 
So make them holy by the truth. And then in verse 18, it says, I have commissioned them to represent me just as I have you commissioned me to represent you. Let me, let me, let me read that again. This is Jesus. Okay? I have committed, he has commissioned you to represent Jesus because Jesus has been commissioned to represent the Father. <laughs> and now I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice so that they may live a fully dedicated to God and be made holy by your truth. Philippians 3.20 says this. It says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke 22, 29 and 30 says, And just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. That word granted, it means given access to. He says, I have granted, I have given you access in the Greek, it's translated as, it's a good gift. It's an offering. God is saying, I'm giving you a good gift right now. <laughs> I'm giving you an offering. It's used early on. You see that in around Genesis 30, when God says, has endowed me with a good gift. And in Proverbs 4, 2, it says, and I give you, I've granted you, Sound teaching. Ephesians 2, verse 19 says this. And I need you to hear this. It's just, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and you are of God's household. Come on, that's pretty darn awesome. So, I'm going to try to break some stuff into it because I'm not going to, you know, we have a whole teaching on the, the kingdom series. And I want to just, if you're not following the schools of the spirit, go and tap into the app. We've got the schools, school of the kingdom, the culture of the kingdom. We've got all kinds of good stuff on there. But for the sake of just this message, I'm just going to cover a couple things. But I want to give us three components of the kingdom because we're talking about not being of this world, right? Three main components of the kingdom is this. Number one, there's a king. Number two, there's a kingdom. <laughs> Number three, there's keys of the kingdom. Okay? So we're going to talk about a couple of kingdom principles really quick. 
And we're gonna, it's important that we understand how these principles work and how the keys work and why they were even created. One, the purpose of man's creation was to administrate a kingdom From the very beginning, we look at Adam and Eve. They were given dominion. They were walking in the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. There was no lack. They they walked in the cool of the day. There was no separation. Right? So from the very beginning, let's go back. We look at Genesis 2, Genesis 3. We talk, it was about the original intent. What was the original intent? That, that man would have dominion and authority. When Adam fell, it wasn't a fall from heaven. It was a loss of a kingdom. It was a loss of a kingdom. And the purpose of the redemption of Jesus was to restore the kingdom that had been lost. What Adam lost, Jesus came to restore. Let's uh, look at 1 Corinthians 15.45. So it is written that the first man, Adam, became a living being. And the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the, of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. The fulfillment of God's will is to see the reestablishment of his kingdom here on earth. I believe, you know, I remember always thinking like, this is my thought process when I was a teenager. Like, okay, because this is how I was taught. Well, Jesus is not going to come back until the whole world knows about the message of the gospel. So that everybody knows the word or they've heard of Jesus. <laughs> but I come to realize that we had it all wrong with that belief system. And the, 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 the difference was is that, yes, his return will come. And, and praise God, I'm, just, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not worried about the rapture. I'm not trying to escape nowhere. I'm not trying to go somewhere. If it happens, praise God. But listen, there's a lot of work to be done here on earth to see heaven manifested and demonstrated here. The kingdom of earth. That's why he says, thy will, kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? But I believe we had it all wrong. The difference was this is that the message of the kingdom would be heard by everyone. We've had the message wrong for a long time. We've had the gospel of church. I'm just... We had a picture of God as an angry God. We had a picture like... You know, listen, I, I know. 
I remember being in church. Like, all oh, of you die tonight. Do you know where you're going to go, boy? Well, liars are friars, sir. I mean, I, yeah, you know. Yeah, it may be true, but you know what? There's redemption. And there's grace. And there's the love of God. And the love of God leads to repentance. The love of God leads to repentance. Jesus. But we have the wrong. So our evangelism, how we ministered, how we prophesied, how we talked, everything we did came from a place of not knowing who God was. We didn't know the nature of God. We had it wrong. And because we had it wrong, we raised a generation of people who didn't want nothing to do with God because they saw their fathers and their mothers walk in hypocrisy. And they walked in, and, oh, Jesus. We had it wrong. See, Adam, when Jesus came, he came to restore what was supposed to be. To see the establishment of the kingdom here on earth. The program of salvation was to restore man to the kingdom government of God. That's all about the original intent of what it was supposed to be like from the very beginning. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. You know, I just, in our image, in our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. And the image of God, he created him, male and female. Come on, let's just get that right. Right? Not the in-between. There is no in-between. Male and female, he created them. You know, and I, in this scripture, it's like they gave you every basis. It says every creeping thing that creeps on earth, everything, even the things that you don't even know that is under the dirt. You see, the devil's a liar. <laughs> And he's a counterfeit of all things. And, and I might have shared this before, but I, there was a time, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but I had an encounter with a witch. And this witch came to a meeting that we were in. And this witch wanted to demonstrate the power that she was carrying. I, I, I kid you not, I remember what happened. I got the phone call. We were doing a 48, no, we were doing a 48 or 24-hour brano and we were doing nonstop worship all night. My wife was in the, the sanctuary. This witch shows up, starts coming to the sanctuary. She's doing her mantras and her dances, and she's doing all this stuff. My wife calls me, and I was in the back sleeping. And, hey, there's this thing here, and it's doing this and this and that. What do you want me to do? I said, well, is it bothering anybody? Well, no, it's just dancing and doing all. I said, well, don't worry. We'll, we'll wake up. We'll cast it out in the morning. So we leave. 
We left one of the staff members there that was running the, the burn that morning. Well, this witch goes and begins to try to mess with this person and begins to call spirits down. This is a true story. This happened. And as she's doing this, she began to do, this may be a little much for some of you guys, but I'm going to tell you what, there is, you know, we serve a God of power. And I'm not, I'm not glorifying the enemy. I'm glorifying the power of God. Because, see, we have a dominion over every creeping thing that crawls. And the, the enemy is a counterfeit of all things God. And this witch began to, I'm not even going to call her a witch because she was a practicing witch because that's not who she was. That's not her identity. That's who she agreed with, the lie. But she was doing this stuff with her arms, and then she began to call upon the bugs. And she's calling upon the bugs, and they started coming. They started coming. The lady gets freaked out because she sees all the bugs coming outside, runs inside the church. Goes inside the room and she says, some things are happening. I need you to get here now. Goes in the restroom and all of a sudden inside the restroom. I don't know my sons were there, but my wife was there. They all saw it. Bugs, black bugs, big black bugs begin to manifest in the air. And would start it falling. The bowl and the sink in the restroom of the church started getting filled with these black bugs that were just falling from the ceiling. There was nothing coming in the ceiling. They were spiritually manifesting. But see, the love of God. So I remember I get there, and I have to tell you this now because I told you all that. <laughs> Can't leave you hanging, right? Or maybe I will leave you hanging. It was just... <laughs> um, I remember I, I get there, I pull up on my bike, my motorcycle, and this, this woman is in the field. And she's in the field, she's sitting on this mat on the dirt, and she's got a, uh, like a big stake, a steel stake, and she's pounding the stake in the ground. She was trying to claim the territory, and she was doing her whatever they do. So I go up and I said, hey. How you doing? This is good. I say, what's your name? Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. What did I say? I said, what you doing here? She says, oh, just here. See, this woman was on assignment. This witch, the spirit was on assignment, came from a whole other city, several hours away. There was a person that was Coming to the meeting that night that was in that city several hours away, they met at some kind of gas station. This witch walks up and says, hey, can I get a ride? And the lady said, well, we're going to a church service in San Antonio, Texas. The lady says, I know. I'm supposed to be there. She said, so she thought she was a believer. Discernment is key. Gets in the car. And drives all the way to San Antonio with this person. See, the enemy was on assignment. So this, I'm there, and then this is, she's, anyways. Uh, I said, so where are you from? 
I'm just trying to have conversations, just trying to find out what, which way. I, in my mind, I'm praying, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do here? You know, I'm like, where, where are you going? And I said, so where are you from? Oh, somewhere. So, okay. Well, so uh, do you believe in God? I mean, it was just a simple question, right? I mean, she looked like she was like gypsy and she had all. She says, I believe in a higher power. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, and I'm fast forwarding, obviously. I said, well, do you mind if I pray for you? And then she says, well, wait a minute. She says, can I pray for you? I said, you want to pray for me? And immediately I'm like, okay, no weapon formed against poor prosper, right? I said, I'll tell you what. I'll pray for you, and then right after you, I pray for you, you pray for me. I said, that'll be fair. She goes, sounds good to me. So I grabbed her. I said, let me have your hands. So she puts her hands out like this, and I just barely touched her hands. So you see, knowing the love of God changes our evangelism. Some people would have said, oh, you witch. I commend you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Right? But the love of God. And you know, what, you know what the prayer was? It said, Lord, let her know how much you love her. And I'm just barely touching her thing. And the whole time she's staring at me with this demented look in her eyes. So I close my eyes and I'm like, Lord, tell her how amazing she is and how much you love her. And begin to show her what she was created for and what you created for. Give her a glimpse of her destiny and her purpose in Jesus' name. And I open my eyes and she's got tears rolling down her face. Tears running down her face. And she lets go of my hands and she says, I have never had anybody do what you just did for me today. And then she stands up like rapidly and she grabs the stake and she pulls it out of the ground. She says, I can't be here no more. I'm not allowed here no more. And she got out the thing and she never left. She never came back. The authority of God. And I shared that. I don't know why I got on the whole tangent. Somebody needed to hear that. But the bugs, that's why. Rabbit trail. <laughs> Every bug, the Lord said, I've given you dominion over. So, what is the kingdom? We see in Matthew 4, Jesus' first big announcement, and he says in 4:17, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, and and I don't think he said it softly, right? <laughs> hey, repent. No. It was an announcement. Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was introducing the kingdom of God. He was introducing the kingdom of heaven that day. He wasn't introducing a religion. He wasn't saying... Become a Christian. Where am I Methodist at? Hey. 
He was talking about the kingdom of God. So again, the kingdom has a king. The kingdom has a territory, a domain. Every kingdom has a citizen, also known as subjects. The word subject means to stay below. A kingdom has a constitution. A constitution is a covenant between the king and its citizens. Come on, y'all hear me? The king is the author of the covenant. A kingdom has laws. They're principles in its words of the kingdom, of the king. So what the king speaks becomes the governing law for the kingdom. And every one of I got grabbing what I'm saying. So we are kingdom citizens under a king that has a governing law the government of heaven, the ecclesia of heaven. A kingdom has a government, a ruling authority, which is cosmos. The word is used all through scriptures and is translated in the Greek as the world. The word world means the order of authority. Paul writes in Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this cosmos, to the order of authority in the world. He says, but, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Renew your mind means to what? To have the order of authority. That means to have the order and the authority, the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. So what Paul was saying is, do not be conformed by this cosmos, this order of authority. Do not be conformed to the authority, not of the kingdom of God. Do not be conformed by the way of thinking of this world, but to be renewed with the mind of Christ. The devil sits on a self-made powerless throne. Powerless throne. And it's made up the demonic minions that reign over a kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness is what? It's this world. This world. We're talking about the second heavens and the third heavens. and That's why we see in Ephesians 6.12 that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against authorities in high places. This is the kingdom of darkness. Ryan talked about this a little bit. He talked about the powers of principalities. And for those that have been in our class, we, we, we talked about this this past week. 
how the powers of principalities was a governing authority over a region. And whenever there wasn't something that was seated in that place of authority, that, that place was vacated and there was no authority. And because there's no authority, the enemy comes in and will begin to sit itself in that place. And that's why we see that spiritual warfare in that realm. Because the righteous are not taking their place. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against the authorities in high places. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the government rulers, against the powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against the cosmos, the wickedness, the spiritual wickedness in high places. Every time we read the word world, don't think of it as a globe or a geographical location but as a ruling authority. What world are you of? What is the authority that's ruling in your life? Because you're a kingdom citizen. And because you're a kingdom citizen, the governing law comes from the kingdom of God. Woo! Isaiah... 9, 6 to 7 says, So unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The increase of his government and the peace will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establishment with that judgment and justice from that time forward and even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. How many of you guys believe that statement right there? Come on. The kingdom of heaven, guess what? It is here now. Listen, we even we have to change the way that we think, even the way we worship now. And I know we get so stuck in we get stuck in our traditions and we sing songs like I wait for you. I wait for you, right? What are you waiting for? And we say things like, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. And he's like, hello, I'm here. I was here before you got here. We got to change the way that we think to begin to think the way the kingdom thinks. The governing rule Right? Heaven is here. Luke uh, 42 
And 43 says, now when it was the day, now when it was day, he departed and went into the desert, deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. How many of you are sent ones in here? See, I see this room. I see evangelists. I see prophets. I see teachers. I see pastors. Every one of us in this place has a destiny and a purpose to step into. We are the sent ones. What is the remnant ones? What are the burning ones? That is you and I. We are called. We are the sent ones. The ecclesia. We are the governing authority. Hey. Jesus, that stirs me up. Oh. The kingdom of God. No, let me go back. Luke 17, 20 through 21. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is what? Within you. (laughs) Say, it's inside of you. Everywhere we go, ah, the kingdom. If the kingdom of God is within you, then it should be coming out of you. What's coming out of you today? Really? Is it, well, woe is me. Like my wife loves Winnie the Pooh. She loves Winnie the Pooh. She can sit there and watch that cartoon all day and night. And it's kind of cool, actually. I'm, I'm starting to like it a little bit. But there's a little donkey here. I don't know what he is. Eeyore. Man, he's depressing. He doesn't know his identity. <clears throat> well, I've only had some honey for me. Yeah, maybe, right? I'm just... Just the way he thinks. What's coming out of you? What are you saying? How are you believing? If it's not kingdom coming out of you, something's coming out of you. And I'll let you process that. So again, I'll say this. Kingdom citizens, it's time to take your position. Because if you don't take position, you will leave that place unseated and you allow the enemy to come in to sit in the place where you are meant to sit. And you allow the governing authority of this cosmo dictate your destiny and your purpose. You are called for such a time as this. 
You were created. We are the image of God. So here we go. Do not be fearful and do not get off of your wall. Don't. I'm going to go back to throwing in that towel. We just want to give up. Just feel tired. I feel weary. My family's against me. My brother, my sister. My daughter's mad at me. My mom's mad at me. Right? My son's mad at me. My son doesn't want to talk to me. And we're believers. And we, we, oh, the love of God. But I I don't want to talk to my my, my brother or sister, right? Come on, man. We got it all twisted. What's coming out of us? Do not be fearful. Do not get off the wall. So I'm going to close with these final nuggets here. All right, here we go. Number one, be on guard. Number two, Stand firm. Number three, be encouraged. Number four, wait for the Lord. Now, I need to give a disclaimer with that. Don't become that person that's just waiting on the Lord, brother. Like, when are you going to move forward? Like, when are you going to? Well, I'm waiting on the Lord. No. There's times the Lord is speaking, and it's time to move. And it's our flesh that's stopping us from moving. And we'll use, I'm waiting on God. So waiting on the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Number five, trust the Lord. And number six, do not give up. Do not quit. Now I'm going to give you some scriptures. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be on your guard and stand firm in the faith. Be courageous and be strong. Psalms 27, 14 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. If I can get the worship team to come up now. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Now, <laughs> close again, right? <clears throat> I really feel like... Uh, This morning, the Lord wants to activate us. It's kind of like (laughs) he wants to turn up the heat a little bit. (laughs) He wants to turn up the heat a little bit to cause a stirring with inside of us. The word activate means to make capable of reacting and accelerating. It means to put into action. It means to put into motion. It's a cause to take action. So by activating something, that means that we're we're making the step forward to see the stirring 
take place in our walk with the Lord. This activation will take place when we seek the face of the Lord. When we take time to go to the secret place. Listen, we gotta get we gotta get back to that place. If you're not spent, and this is a time for you to self-evaluate. I do this for myself. There's times that man, my my week's a mess. And my wife will tell me, you need some Jesus. You need Jesus right now because you don't look like Jesus. And it's true. We have to begin to do that self-evaluation with our own selves because if what we're doing, if the character and the nature of our response doesn't look like kingdom, then it doesn't look like God and it doesn't look like Jesus. we got to get time to be in that secret place with the Lord where it's just you and the Father, you and Daddy. Now, I used to love with my son when, when they were little, right? Daddy. They would come and they would bring you the, you know, or they would draw you little pictures, right? And, Hey, Daddy, look what I made you. That's what the Lord wants from us. Dad, Father, right? Look at the picture I drew for you. And that only comes from the secret place. It only comes from that place of being intimate with the Lord. If you're too busy on Facebook and social media and you're watching you know, all the politics and that's where you're at, that's what's going to come out of you. I can go to social media and I can tell you where you're at by what you're posting. Some of us are just too busy. All we're doing is taking those little quizzes. <laughs> taking those little quiz, right? You know what that is? It's modern day witchcraft. Oh, your future. I see the husband. 29%. It's witchcraft. Let's just say what it is. I could tell you what you... What you we got to get that place in the secret place with the Lord and spend time with the Father because that's where we're going to begin to see how he sees we cannot see how God sees if we're not spending time with the Lord. <laughs> right? It's in that place where we're going to see the Matthew 6.10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's in that place where we come out of that Secret pace with the Lord. Man, I just felt a wave of the Lord coming right now. Whew. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. But it's in that place, in our secret place, that we can walk in the boldness and the confidence of who Jesus is of the kingdom of heaven manifested here on earth, that in that place there's a boldness that we can say, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out the devil, 
Why? Because the kingdom of God is inside of you and I. That's why. Rivers, God. <laughs> Rivers, Lord. It's time for us to rise up and position ourselves to take the place. To get out of our slumber. We've been in a slumber. The body of Christ has been in a slumber too long. We've been in a place of complacency. I can't come to a Thursday night or a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night Bible study because it doesn't fit my schedule. I can only get a cake a Sunday morning to you, God. That's all I can give you, Jesus. I'll get there at 9.30 and I'll give you an extra 30 minutes to pray. That's been, our re- that's been a reality of the bride. Get out of our slumber. And just like the Lord said, it's time to be about your father's business. There's a dying generation out there waiting for you and I. There's a dying generation. There's souls in harvest waiting to hear the gospel of the kingdom. God has our back. Joshua 1.5 says, As I was with Moses... So will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor will I forsake thee. Exodus 13, 20. How much more will the Lord provide for those who diligently seek him? We must begin to believe and activate ourselves to move toward the calling that God has given us. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. We need to take a step of faith this morning. Because I feel it and I hear it. I can hear the waters raging. And just like that encounter that I saw in 2011, where that water began to... There's a power that's produced in the raging river. (laughs) There's a river. And it says, out of your belly flows the rivers. Rivers of life. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Rivers, God. And the Lord is saying it's time to jump in. Can we stand this morning? Alice, you want to come up here? You have a microphone. No matter how, how hot the fire gets, guess what? 
You won't be burned. You won't be burned. <laughs> something on your heart, I just feel like you're bubbling with something. Teach us to be laid down lovers again, Lord. That when people see us, God, that they see, Lord, that we're not just about ourselves anymore, God, but we're about other people, God, and we're about this generation, God. And that we can be the light, God, that this generation needs to see us be, God. Not being tossed to and fro anymore by the enemy, God but that we can stand firm on you, God, on the rock, God, that is immovable, that can't be shaken, God. And God, we just prayed this morning, God, position us where we need to be positioned, God. Put us where we're supposed to be, God, because the next generation can't rise up if we're not positioned where we're supposed to be, God. We can't put all our hand out to lift those that need lifting up if we can't even be where we're supposed to be, God. So places where we're supposed to be, God, that a generation can come behind us, God, and take their position where they're supposed to be, God. Yes, Lord. Help us not to battle insecurity doubt anymore God in our mind unbelief in our hearts God but help us believe God believe that what you've spoken in your word is true and that it comes with power they're just not words in a book God but they're words of power God and we agree with that power God the power of the river God where things come to us God in the river God that we could never imagine God Help us to lead a generation to experience and be in this river again, God. Oh, get us out of ourselves, God, of pride, trying to make things happen with our own power, God. We have no power, God. The only power we have, God, is from you, Lord. That's the only power we're supposed to pull from, God. Not our own power, not our own doing, God. Not so we can be known. Let us be the faceless generation, God. Oh, that all they see is you, God. That when people see us, all they see is you, God. Your image. What you created us to be, God. To look just like our Father. Let us not look, don't let us look like the world anymore, God. But let us look more like you, Father. God, I pray you strip off the old this morning and put on the royal robes this morning and the crowns again. Let them come out, God, again. Let the crowns come. Let the royal robes come out again, God. For we are royalty. We are a chosen generation. We are marked by God. Oh, that your purpose and destiny would fall from heaven, God. Clarity would come in vision again, God. 
that when we look in the mirror, God, we don't see filthy rags anymore, God. We don't see slave clothes on us any longer, God. But we could begin to see the royal robes and the crowns again that you've set before us, God. You've crowned us, God. For we are royalty because you are the king, Lord. And we honor you this morning, God, that you are the king of kings, the Lord of lords, God. And God, as a kingdom, God, we take our position this morning. Yes, yes. We take our position this morning, God. That there would not be no more distractions, any lies that will hold us back any longer, God. That we would begin to walk forward and step into our destinies today, Lord. No longer waiting, God, but take dominion in what you've already given us, God. Taking hold again of what you've already given us, God. And we hold nothing back any longer, God. Like, if you're ready this morning to take your position, then come up here. If you are a kingdom citizen, like Apostle Pete was saying, then you come up here. That's right. If you don't know if you are or not, then I'm going to pray that you get it and that you understand that you have a call in your life for to be a kingdom citizen, that your life matters. Your life matters to a whole generation. You're alive today because God has kept you alive. There's been so many times that death has tried to take your life, and you're alive today because God has allowed you to live today for a purpose and a destiny for the kingdom of God. Not so that way you can just come to church, but you can exhibit the love of the Father, and you can exhibit the power of the kingdom. Step up your hands. Here we go. Just receive it. Here we go. Come on. Here comes a wave. Shake it. Here comes a wave. Here comes a wave. Father, we release God right now. The open heavens, Jesus. Lord, that you would activate us today, God. Oh, Jesus, let the rivers begin to stir, God. Let the rivers begin to flow, Jesus, right now. Oh, let the power of your glory come. Thank you, Lord. Fresh winds. Fresh winds. Now, right there, just, just begin to say, I receive it. Say, I receive it, God. I receive it, God. I receive it, Lord. Oh, we receive it, God. We receive it, God. Power. Oh, we receive it, God. Right now, let there be an activation. Come. Activation, come. Right now. Never the same. Power. Oh, power. 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 Oh, power. Oh, right now. Power. Oh. Shake it up. I come to you. 
Right now, Lord. Oh. I just declare right now. Power. Hold on, Right now, receive it. I thank you for the fresh winds, God. Oh, that is like a lightning. Power, power. Hey. Shay. Right now. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Oh, the power, the presence, and the glory. Power up. Power. Oh, Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. The Lord hurts you. Power. Oh. Right now. I just thank you, Father, for Bart. Right now, and I just say, right now, in the name of Jesus, the power, the presence, and glory, power, oh, right now, power. you're saying yes to is your assignment for the kingdom of God. See, when when an army is given an assignment, when a soldier is given an assignment and they got papers, God's handing out the papers this morning. And he's like, this is your assignment for this season. So take it this morning. Say, God, I take my assignment of what you've given me. Whatever you're telling me to do this season, that I will say yes to you. I will take my position, and I will go forth with the assignment that you're giving us. We were given a word that we would have the assignment book. Well, the Lord is releasing assignments this morning. And and we're not to be confused, be dismayed. Oh, I don't know what to do next. That is not the Lord. If you need clarity, come up and receive your assignment this morning. And God will make it very clear to you what he wants you to do this season. He doesn't want you to be tossed to and fro anymore. He wants you to know with confirmation of what he has spoken to you. And he will make it clear in the assignments this morning. There's a gentleman with the glasses here in the back. Um, You're here by divine appointment, sir. And uh, I just, I want to I just release this over you. I saw like the Lord, I saw you in the spirit as a radical man of God. And I don't know if you've been having issues with your knees, but if you had any kind of pain, do you have any issues with your knees right now? Any kind of pain in your knees? Because like, like the Lord's going to heal that. Do you have issue with your knees? Yes? Say again? Yeah. See, the Lord's going to heal that for you. But let me tell you why. It's because the Lord says, I'm going to give you supernatural strength. He's going to give you supernatural strength today that when you walk out of this place, you're never going to be the same. You thought you were coming just to visit, but the Lord says that you're going to walk out and you're marked by heaven. There's a call in your life. And I don't know, I, I, <laughs> I see you like even in an 18-wheeler. I see you like in a truck. 
and I see you as a driver, but that really speaks to me of evangelism that's on your life. There's a strong call of evangelism on your life. Well, the enemy has tried to keep your mouth shut for such a long time to the point where I see there was two times in your life where you almost died. You almost died. And the enemy really tried to take your legs out. That's why you got these issues with your legs. Because the enemy tried to swipe your legs out from underneath you. But it's because of power and the authority that's in your intercession. He said, the Lord says, I've heard your prayers. And I don't know if you've got a mom or maybe it's a grandma. I feel like it's a mom who's really been praying for you. Or, or, but they're praying for you, but it's because you're marked by heaven. And the Lord wants you to know how much he loves you. And I just see the Father's love coming on you. Like you really never experienced a Father's love. Like, you know, Lord, I don't know, I don't know what that looks like. But I just feel like the Lord wants you to know like, that he loves you so much. He loves you so much. And I don't know, you know, where you're from. I don't know anything about you. But I know that the Lord brought you here today. So he can love on you. Does that make sense to you, brother? You know, and um, would you allow me to pray with you? Would that be okay? Come on up here, brother. This morning during prayer, I heard the Lord say, my love is wild. And that his love would run through this house today. And his love will no longer be denied, for it is untamed. 
His love will go out through us into this world and reach the untamed of this world. They will know us by his love. His love cannot be copied, cannot be mocked. It will be pure love that will draw the loss back to him. And the scripture that he gave was John 15, 3, which is, you can read that, but it'll just speak a little about that. I want to lay my life, I'll lay my life down for another. Now, don't get scared about that because it's not like, you know, Apostle Pete shared about their beginnings coming here. It's not to put fear in you. You know, laying down your life for another could be shoveling a drive for somebody. It's whatever God asks you to do. And I, I want to say this too out of, from my heart because I've been sharing this with a few people that don't attend here. I said, I've learned about love in this house. I came to see Apostle Pete and Alice probably a couple years ago, and I was struggling with something real personal in my, my life. And I had a decision kind of made, and they gave me the word. They gave me scripture. And Apostle Alice said, you know, Diane, no matter what you decide to do, I will never look at you any differently. And that just struck my heart to know that I was loved And whatever decision I made in that situation that was going on in my life, I was not going to be judged. I was still going to be loved in this house. And you know what? That set me free. That set me free from what I was struggling with in that situation in my personal life. There's love here. And I don't know if you've not been here. I'm not trying to sell anything here. You can't sell God's love. You can only share it. I'm just... Don't know who's listening out there, but there's love here. And God has commissioned us to walk in that love. And you can do that. And you will do that. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, you're so good. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for every word that was spoken this morning, God. Even as we go home, Father, and throughout our week, Lord, let it continue to burn in us, God. Let the rivers begin to rage inside our belly, Lord. That everywhere we go, we're the overflow. That even as we go by people, that they begin to feel your glory just by standing next to them. Lord, let your love be the blanket that covers. Let your love be the vessel that heals and restores. We just thank you, Father, because you're so good. You're so good, God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.